Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today's reading is John chapter 20, verse 24 to 31. And as always, I want to encourage you to make sure that before you listen to the podcast, you've read the passage. The Apostle Thomas has been called Doubting Thomas ever since these events. And it's an unfortunate nickname because Thomas was hardly the only disciple who doubted. He just said what the rest were thinking. In essence, he says, I don't know that I believe this. I need some empirical truth. A week elapses between verse 25 and 26. And Thomas and the disciples were behind a locked door. Well, why was the door locked? It's because they were afraid. You see, Thomas was not the only one who didn't believe that Jesus was alive and at work. Jesus appears to them. Now, it's possible that Jesus worked a miracle by passing through the door, and it's also possible that Jesus simply performed a miracle by unlocking the door somehow and came in. However he entered into the room, Jesus comes in and he shows his scars to Thomas. Jesus does not act offended at the question that Thomas asks. He accommodates to it. It's Jesus' accommodation to Thomas that shows such beauty and grace. Jesus doesn't shake his head. He doesn't fuss. He does not demean Thomas. He simply shows his scars to Thomas. What we need to see is that the grace of Christ permeates all that he does. As we think through this passage, we want to ask ourselves our three questions. And the first question we want to ask is, what does this passage tell me about God? I want us to think for a moment about the significance of the scars. In the glorified body of Jesus, the scars remain. Why is that? Jesus didn't bear all the other wounds of his crucifixion. As as we've read the, the account of the crucifixion, we see what a horrific, horrible, demeaning, abusive event this was. Jesus would have been disfigured. And yet his body doesn't bear all of those wounds. But these wounds in his hands and in his side, he did not heal fully from. Why is that? Well, the Apostle John alludes to this in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 5, John describes the vision that he was given by God, and he sees a lamb who, though standing, had the wounds of having been slain. The saints around the lamb all sing a song that says that it is the wounds, the slain of the lamb, that make him worthy. Jesus' victory was in his death. The wounds are not a symbol of Jesus' weakness, but a trophy of his strength and an eternal reminder of his grace. Notice Thomas's statement when he sees the scars of Jesus. He says, my Lord and my God. Thomas does not merely say, Jesus, you're alive. When Thomas sees the scars of the risen Christ, all he can, can, all he can do is confess that Jesus is God. He doesn't say our Lord and our God. He says my Lord, my God. This is a personal confession that Thomas makes because in that moment, Thomas does not stand in awe of the resurrection of Jesus. He is amazed by the grace of a Savior who died in his place. 
The second question we want to ask is, what does this passage tell me about me? This passage is often misunderstood to present a definition of faith that it never really offers. Faith is often poorly described as believing without seeing. But if that's really what faith is, then the disciples are incapable of faith. They saw Jesus. They saw his risen body. Paul says that Jesus appeared to many after his resurrection. It was Jesus' appearance to Paul that changed Paul's life. What Jesus is saying here is not that faith based on evidence or signs or proofs is somehow inferior to a faith that is not based on such evidences. What we need to understand is that what validates faith is the truthfulness of the object of faith. For instance, if someone believes with all their heart, contrary to the evidence, that grass is not green, it is orange, that is not a person of great faith. That's a fool. We know grass is green, and believing, even though you don't see it, that it's orange does not make you a person of strong faith. John links verse 29 with verses 30 and 31. When Jesus says, others will believe without having seen, John immediately writes, he has recorded the book of John so that others may believe. John has recorded for us the signs. Jesus' statement to Thomas is not to say that faith that is not tied to sight is stronger or more effective. He is saying that faith not tied to sight is just as possible. The Bible repeatedly invites investigation because it's not afraid of it. The Bible expects and it welcomes scrutiny because it is convinced of how true it is. What we can never forget is that our faith is as strong as the object of our faith. If our faith is in God, in who He is and what He has done, then and only then will we have life in His name. But that life is never because of the strength of our faith. It's because of the strength of God. The third question we want to ask is, what does this passage call me to do? Well, the most obvious thing that this reading calls us to do is to believe. But it also helps us navigate unbelief. What should we do when we struggle with unbelief? Well, first, we should ask for help. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark tells the story of a father, of a boy who has an unclean spirit, and the father says, I believe. Help my unbelief. This man, just like Thomas, admitted a weak faith. And Jesus, there and in our passage today, does not condemn the admission of a weak faith. He helps the request to strengthen faith. If our faith is truly placed in Christ alone, well, then only He can strengthen it anyway. And we need to admit our weakness so that He can work in us and through us. The second thing to help our unbelief is we need to read the Word of God. John says that he wrote his good news so that people would believe and have life. Now, as I've made the case, This life that he talks about is not just going to heaven. John wrote to inform how we live, not just how to avoid hell. As we read the word of God, we are reading a record of God's faithfulness and the revelation of his character. The more we focus on who God is and what he has done, the more our faith grows. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we discuss John chapter 21, verse 1 to 14. 
May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. Whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Bye.